0: Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Hello and welcome to another Back of the Nest Palace preview podcast. This week we're going to be chatting about the upcoming home match against the cottagers from Fulham. Just two of us today, Patrick. Do you think we'll cope without Chris? <laughs> I hope so, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss him swigging from a uh, two-litre bottle of Coke and then complaining about his weight. But there you go. What can you do? Um. So, um, nice to have a Fulham game coming up. Nice London derby. Um, what memories do you have of playing Fulham, Patrick? Before we start chatting about other things,
2: I don't really have
1: off the of I don't have head.
2: that many memories. Honestly, not, not that many positive ones. I mean, the game that I um, uh, can't remember Kalea's name that he scored that goal, that worthy goal against us back in our first season when uh, we almost got relegated under Holloway. I remember that goal,
1: Kalea, Me, yeah, like the, that?
2: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That goal, and I. But honestly, we, I don't really remember that many memorable games. I know you talk about it as being a derby, but I've never considered Fulham that much of a of a rival or a derby. I mean they're a London club, but I'll mean, be I've never really considered much of a of a of a derby game because we you know, they've been up, we've been down, vice versa. And I don't really consider Fulham like a a team that I even care about if I was a London. Derby. They they might be honestly as low in a totem pole, derby wise as I can think of next to probably Brentford. Maybe because they're West London too. I don't know what it is, but I don't consider Fulham that much of a of a derby. I'm that you said that because I forgot they were a London derby games. You said that.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. In, in fact, you're talking about the the goal, the right. worldie. Um, we've got builders in at the moment, uh, doing our kitchen, as we know, as we well know. And um, the Sparkies were in yesterday, and one of them's a Tottenham fan. Okay. And he was mentioning the Delhi Alley goal. Oh, yeah, another world. Yeah. How many goals of the season, Yeah, how many goals of the season have been scored against Paris Palace? That's a rhetorical question. Too many. Have to answer it. Too many. Yeah. yeah. I thought of two memories against Fulham. Okay. Um, see if you can guess what they are. Okay, the first one happened. Um, I think it was in about 1976, 77. So you might have been there. We lost 3-2, but that sticks out because George Best, it was the only time I've ever seen him play. I don't know if you ever saw him play. I did. What did he do that day? Can you remember? I
2: don't know. I just remember that was the Rodney Marsh, uh, um, George Best team, right? Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Well, he got sent off for breaking breaking Ian Evans' leg. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. I did not remember that. I, I I saw I saw best play when I was like six years old, United play Palace at Sellers Park when he was, right. you know, when he was maybe one of the best players in the world at the time or coming off being one of the best players. But I didn't see him play that game. I remember the game and that you mentioned it. Cause I remember because of Rodney Marsh being part of that ridiculously talented um, yeah. Fulham team. But I don't remember that. I didn't remember that game. That's interesting.
1: And, uh, yeah, he got sent off. And uh, another game that stuck in my mind that I was at um, was on the 28th of October, 1978. Um, And it involved a ref, Eddie Hughes, who blew for full time five minutes early. Loads of people started leaving. And a few minutes later, he realised his mistake and (laughs) brought the teams out again. (laughs) <laughs> and adding to his embarrassment, it was on the big match,
2: oh, the big match the I next day
1: yeah. yeah, and unusually for London, yeah, unusually for London derby, it was shown in all ITV regions, <laughs> so he became infamous, didn't he <laughs> so, yeah. that
2: referee of infamous, yeah oh,
1: wow, interesting, yeah, that's, but that's what stuck in my mind. um, I've kind of got into film a bit early, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm actually honestly, I'm not, I'm not into Palace right now. I'm actually
2: very, very down on Palace right now. Very, very down on it. I'm not looking forward to. And what are your reasons? There's a ton of reasons. One, the ownership model and what we're doing as far as not buying players, the injury woes, the whole not beating any decent teams, and the whole lack of a playing style. Just everything right now, Nick. Just, I'm just very, I'm just very negative on the club. I know we're not going to do anything this season. I can just tell. It's just, I just. I don't know. I just think that we we had an opportunity here to do to push on, and I'm just very. I'm getting more and more frustrated as I see other teams around us do so well, and seeing you know Elise's injury now, and then Ayu's injured, and Gay was injured. It just, there's just not a lot of positivity for me. We're not even playing any young kids. It just to me, I'm just, I'm just very, very, just blah about Palace right now. Very, very blah.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to come on to the young kids in a minute, but um, did you see? Well, you're not on Twitter, but. I've seen on Twitter today, Yannick Bellassi um, hasn't got a contract anywhere at wow. the moment, and it's still his dream to, to play in the Premier League. Exactly. And then the other rumour I've seen on the uh, Twitter X is Angel's Townsend. Now, that would be a retrograde step, bringing either of those to in, wouldn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't be for that. Um, I know that I meant – I actually – I remember when the end of the
2: transfer window, I know the, um, that Townsend was on TalkSport Talking about Palace, and I just and I think it was at the stadium. Yeah, it was at the game. He did the he did he did the commentary. COCOMS, one of the early matches. I'm gonna say Sheffield United game, possibly. And I really thought we were gonna sign him. And the fact we haven't signed him is actually shocking to me. But at this point of the season, that would really annoy me. I just thought you I annoyed him already. I, that would really annoy me. I love Yannick, and I don't have a problem with uh, uh, with and- Andros, as you can see over my shoulder there. I have a Townsend number ten right there, top. But no I wouldn't, I, oh, wouldn't nice. I would not want to see that happen. It's very Palace, though so I'm expecting it, but that would just emphasize how annoyed I am at the club right now. We've brought back either Balessi or Townsend because we didn't sign any real players during the window, but yeah, makes sense.
1: Yeah, and of course we've had news that um Elise''s hamstring's kind of gone right. again. We thought he'd be back quite soon. Um, luckily, there's another break in October. <laughs> in which we might see Elise or even uh, Franca coming to the squad. But um, he's not looking hopeful. Um, we'll, we'll talk about lineups and and what that means in a bit. Um, also, um, the under-21s last night, did you watch any of that? I saw quite a bit of it. Um, some of the players looked very good. I was impressed with Joe Whitworth again, uh, saving the penalty, although we were very, very unlucky to give away a penalty there it's almost as if you want var in those moments yeah I, yeah um i i saw the the last the second
2: half um it was on palace the palace tv but I, I thought raymond looked very good jane raymond looked really good um i thought that whitworth like you said played really well didn't have to give a penalty kick up Thought so referee was probably i think the referee got bored at the end of the game because i don't think that was a penalty kick i really mean, thought it was just him wanting to get the game over with because it was going to penalties anyway had it ended up nil nil, it was going to penalties either way. I don't see why he had them take it again. I think it was encroachment, but I'm not really sure. Was it off the line? I'm not sure what I'm not even sure what the reason was why it took it again.
1: Yeah, it looked look like he, was, he dived off yeah. the right. line, to be fair. Um, but um, I was,
2: but for, you know, for our under 21s uh, to, to, to take a, I think, Wickham are in League One, League One side to the 90th minute was very impressive. Yeah. I gotta give him credit, very impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but then you look at some of the other results and see that Liverpool Under Twenty Ones won three 0 against whoever they were right. playing. Um, but it's it's one of those competitions. Do you remember the first year we were in it? And um, we, I think our first game was against Sutton, and we thought, oh right, we got a chance here, and it literally was men against boys. Um, and there wasn't so much of that last night because, from what I can make out, Wickham uh, had a pretty strong squad he out. Did. Um, Fe- fair play to the 492 that turned up, I think was the attendance. <laughs> and they said that there were um, 90 Crystal Palace fans that, that went. So um, I was uh, on the way back from Villa, Birmingham, uh, I was chatting with a Wolves fan uh, who actually lives in Addington. Okay. And he goes to every Wolves game. He was telling us about his exploits of of going into Europe. And it, it <laughs> It was a bit upsetting to hear him talk about going up, going down, but going into Europe. And it's almost, you know, those relegations are worth it if you've had a chance to, to go and see your team play in another totally country. Um, but this guy goes and sees all the Wolves you've games because he says the players really, really appreciate it and they'll come over and they'll chat with right. you. And um, he's just showing support. Um, I didn't ask him why he didn't support Palace. I should have done really, given... Where his local team, but yeah, travelling up and down the country from from uh, Croydon to see Wolves—it's bloody unheard of. Um, the other thing I was going to mention to you before we get into the Fulham game, um, there are going to be twenty-five percent more games on TV next season, and there's talk of some of the games being at half six UK time on a Sunday. Now I know that means nothing to you because you you watching from from afar anyway um and it gives you a chance to watch an extra game rather than having to endure watching the nfl and uh the new york giants capitulating once again
2: they they won Um, they won sunday nice try though they won sunday
1: all right it makes a change i'm so used to you being down on them (laughs) um, um fair point that I just <laughs> assumptions I do like the red zone I have to say I, I occasionally watch the red zone on sky and it, I just like the way it goes into all the highlights the way that um, BT or as they are now TNT I've I've um, got them on in front in front of me now in fact I've just seen Arsenal winning um it goes PSV um who Pvas on the bench for sure, yeah. um yeah but half six on a Sunday it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Is it, is it going too far, Patrick, away from the Saturday three o'clock kickoff that we're all used to? Or do you think it's a good idea to move the top divisions games away from three o'clock Saturday so that the EFL and below clubs actually get more of a chance to get some fans in as well? Well, I
2: think it's where football is heading. I listened to that debate today on TalkSport. Dan Bent was talking about it with um, Andy Goldstein, and he had mentioned that. The issue with that for him is that his son plays Saturday mornings and then Sunday evening is homework time, you know, family time. So from that standpoint, I can see it being a problem. You're right with me. I could. It wouldn't bother me one bit. Obviously, more games to watch is what it is. Um, I think the travel's a problem, though, right? I think that the, the traveling in England already is tough for away fans. A Sunday evening game, the, 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 to get into a game is going to be impossible. But I don't think the clubs care about the fans. And that's that's the sad part. I think it's going to happen because evolution is evolution and it's going to change. But I don't think it's good for the fans as far as being at the ground because getting to those games is going to be a nightmare on a Sunday. I mean, imagine going to a Sunday and got to go work Monday the next day. if no one wants to do that. So, but I think it's going to happen, which is which is sad.
1: Yeah, and the, and the fixture, ska- fixture scheduling couldn't say that. Um, it's a bit shit anyway. I mean, was it a couple of weeks ago? You had the twelve o'clock game. Uh, admittedly, it was EFL, but you had. Uh, it was either Sunderland playing in Southampton or or Southampton playing in Sunderland at 12 o'clock. And then the 5.30 game was Newcastle-Brentford. Ridiculous. And you just can't get it's back that's from ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. That scheduling is
2: not, not fan-friendly at all. That's terrible.
1: That being said, Newcastle, it's always going to be difficult whenever because you're kind of so far away from everybody else. But um, at the time of recording Wednesday night, there are over 3,800 Sunderland fans at Blackburn. Wow. So, you know, fair play to them. That's how you travel. A lot of uh, stuff on Twitter, especially from Aston Villa fan, moaning about empty seats at um, Villa Park on Saturday uh, in the Palace End. Now, for me, there were a few around me at the beginning of the game, but there were multiple crashes oh wow that's way on the way okay. so a few people turned up 20 minutes late but I, I don't know what the financial situation's like in america but you know people are in the uk you can't be can't be coating other people's fans because they can't afford the stupid train fares and uh you know the only thing we've got with the UA fans is a 30 pound cap on price right. tickets yeah. and again the year EF- the afl that you know i've seen sheffield wednesday were moaning that they've been charged 48 quid to go and watch the away game yeah i, it's yeah, just too I much. think
2: that you know as a, a person watching from afar i think that's the biggest issue is that uh you know financially it's very difficult for fans to really support their teams and and if you can't you can't make you right you can't make comments about it because again you don't know someone else's financial situation some might be well off some may not be so well off and to make a comment about that is not fair but you're right. It's it's difficult, man. I mean, like I said, unless fans are uh, sorry, clubs are going to subsidise the travel part. Because let's say I get my ticket, but I can't afford the train fare and or the bus. I mean, it's hard to get to the game. So I mean, yeah. I listen. Fans clubs should do better, especially Premier League clubs. They make a lot of money. If a fan can pay the money for the season ticket, you know, at least you can do is they're going up north somewhere or or making a, a distant travel. You know, provide some type of a. Uh, you know, a away coach or whatever for free or half price, or whatever, it would be better. But again, I don't, again, I just don't feel like the Premier League clubs especially care about the fans as much.
1: We're secondary. In fact, Premier League games, the clubs would survive if there were no fans anyway, wouldn't they? I mean, oh, I know likely. there was COVID. Yeah. where there were no fans. And uh, with the Man United game on the 30th that we spoke about last week, I'm not going now, um, simply because I just can't be dealing yeah. with the drive up there. So, um, unfortunately, I won't be seeing... Celtic Johnny oh, um, yeah. and fair, fair play train line have given me a refund although it's cost me £10 administration charge and the club have also reimbursed me for my that's tickets good. they do care, so that's really back, they, good. Do care. <laughs> they do care yeah. sometimes um, yeah but it's you know but we've had games when there's been train strikes and they've rearranged a fixture wasn't there a Brighton game that was rearranged because <laughs> yeah. of the trains
2: it was strangely enough yeah
1: weird yeah <laughs> So, my usual quiz question as we get on to Fulham. When was the first time we played them Pat? London derby 1861 1935. <laughs> it was the FA Cup um in 1907. Wow. Uh on the 2nd of Feb we drew with them nil nil and then on the 6th we of re-play. Feb we beat them. No, we won. Replay. No, we beat yeah. them. Yeah. And our first league meeting, League Division 2, uh, 1921. In fact, most of our games against Fulham have either been in League Division 2 or we had a spate uh, between 1928 and 1932 of playing them in Division South, 3. Stuff. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. 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 And, I mean, we're talking about the cost of travel and everything. Should we regionalise the leagues? Again, that's a rhetorical yeah. question, but...
2: They're about, they're about to expand yeah, the it's... Champions League to make it into a Champions League. I mean, they're going to have league forms like, I think, 32 teams. I mean, so it's not going to get any regional. It's, it's going to get actually more global. So get used to it, mate. It's going to get worse before it gets any better,
1: unfortunately. Yeah. And will it, will it stop being a European Champions League and just be the Champions League and have Saudi uh, teams in it? And... That's coming, unfortunately, I feel. Yeah, that will happen one day. Talking of Champions League... Sorry, just back and forth here. I saw uh, a certain Mr. Zaha wearing a number 14 shirt for Galatasaray. And uh, as much as I've tried to prepare myself for it, it is like seeing an ex-girlfriend there with another bloke. <laughs> I don't know how Mr. Kernas must feel. Um, cause he would be loving it if he was playing for Fenerbahce, actually, wouldn't he? Yeah, he
2: would. I only caught the last 10 minutes. I saw there was a red card for Copenhagen and they were down 2-0. What will fun... And he had a, yeah. uh, an assist on the second goal for uh, Galatasaray. So I only saw the end of the match, which was the only part I wanted to watch was Wolf? And he played pretty well. So good for him. I'm glad for him. Again, I, I'm never going to be a grudge what Wilf did. And I'm happy that he's getting to play in the biggest tournament, the you know, uh, club tournament in the world, you know, as part of uh, a team. So good for him. He's back from injury. So
1: good for him. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we're welcoming Fulham who've had a bit of an up-and-down start to the season, haven't they? I've always thought they they were kind of a, a half-decent team with with uh, De Silva as their manager. It's De Silva, isn't it? Not De Silva, just, just Marco Silva, yeah. just Silva. Not Silva. Marco oh, yeah. Silva, yeah. Um, so um, their results so far this season, and my laptop has crashed here on this, uh, on this page that I'm looking at, because it wants to show me a video of Harry Kane. Why would I want to see a video of Harry Kane when I'm looking up how Fulham are doing, I can tell you if you need it. So there's some You have it. Um, okay, yeah, I've got them. So they they beat right. Everton, but who haven't. Then they got trounced at home by Brentford. Okay. Um, got a two all draw with Arsenal. Good. Stuffed by Man City, not good. and then <sighs> one nil against Luton, which you could almost say is also not that That's good. Gone. So it's hard to tell what sort of form they're in, isn't it, with those results? Have you seen them at all this season? I mean, they, they televised
2: every game over here, so if I can catch part of the game, like, well, I, don't, I don't really go out of my way to watch full-on play. But I did watch the end of the, uh, the game this weekend because it was on when Palace were on. Um, I do remember the 5-1 thrashing at Man City, but... Ever Get Man. City? I I don't I'm not sure what's going on with them. I know they had some issues in the transfer market. Obviously, losing Mitrovic late to the Saudi team. We were talking about Saudi just now was a big deal for them. Yeah. Um he's he was their talisman, their main goal scorer. But I still rate the manager Marco Silva. They had a decent transfer market. I mean they got Iwobi from Everton, Castagna from Leicester, Adama Troyo on a free, Calvin Bassi from from uh, Ajax. Raul him and from Wolves. I mean they get some decent business in the market bet they did better than we did. And they're actually tied on points with us. So I mean, I think they'll be okay. But again, they're 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 they they beaten who they're supposed to beat in so far and they've not beaten who they're not supposed to beat in, in obviously in um Man City. But you just that Arsenal draw was very decent, I think. So
1: far. Yeah. But have they got two England international goalkeepers? On their roster, like what we've got—that's that claim to is fame. It? Where we should have been <laughs> spending. Well, Dean Henderson's been called up for England, and so's is um, Sam. Yeah, Johnson, but you can't so, play them
2: at the same you know. time for one. And Johnson hasn't gotten a cap in. Can't remember last time Johnson got a cap. But yeah, you're right. They are technically two England goalkeepers. That's a good point. Good point. The
1: yeah. have. The other thing about Fulham is they've had two red cards in five Premier League games. Now, whether that's because they're dirty, whether that's because they've had Darren England <laughs> as their referee, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. But, um, but they're not really
0: sort of... They've had about 50% percent. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: In their game, uh, in their games, but they're not really getting a lot of shots per game. They're averaging about nine shots in a game. OK, we can go back to last season when Palace. were having whole games without even having touches in the opposition's area, let alone fucking shots. Excuse my French. And, um, there are lots of um, their ratings for the players are quite low according to who scored as well. Are they too toothless or not? Because they, they haven't actually scored that many goals, have they? they scored four five this season,
2: they scored five because he did 10 minus five goal difference. Um, I mean, again, yeah, it goes so- down to the fact that they don't have Mitrovic. Mitrovic was by far their, their uh leading goal scorer last season. They play through him. Jimenez has not scored a lot of goals since that head injury, unfortunately. And to be honest with you, besides uh, Mitrovic, they don't score. That, they didn't score that many goals up front. They only have the options are Jimenez or Vinicius, who's to play for Tottenham, the Brazilian. So I'm not really surprised they haven't scored that many goals. I think it's a matter of them working out how to play without Mitrovic. I mean, when you have Mitrovic in there, your style of play is pretty. Um, set you're going to get the ball in the box as much as you can and he will score in and around the box when you don't have him your style of play changes totally so I think it's a matter of Marcos who are figuring out how and remember they lost him late in the window I'm pretty sure they lost him either post the window closing or at the last day I mean they lost they they weren't expecting because there was a lot of going back and forth he was going to go he was going to stay he didn't come and train he came back to training and all of a sudden he was gone to Saudi so I think losing him the way they lost him was a big big blow for them. So I think it's a matter of them working it out. They're going to end up mid-table, most likely, you know, ninth or 10th where they are right now. So I think they're going to be okay. But you're right. They're not putting up trees right now, for sure.
1: Yeah, incidentally, I'll come back to score predictions towards the end. But you're talking about Raul Jimenez. Um, Louis Patterson on TikTok, when we asked for score predictions, has predicted that Fulham are going to win 1-0 with uh, Raul Jimenez to score his first goal in two years. Which would be typical Palace. (laughs) <laughs> um, talking of goals surprisingly we've got the second highest Premier League goal scorer in Odson Edouard, in fact I've put him in my uh, fantasy team um, him and uh, JP have clicked, haven't they I, I you know I, I sent a picture of the celebration of their goal uh, on Saturday to the WhatsApp and said the French connection, they do seem to be clicking, don't they is there a reason not to start them both, particularly given we've not got a say? Eh? Um, what do you think? Yeah, you,
2: can't, you can't start them. The reason you can't start them is exactly what happened on Saturday. We had to bring JP on early because of the uh, IU injury. And then we took the goal. We, we, to me, we scored too early. And that gave uh, Fulham a lot of time. Sorry, Fulham, Villa, a lot of time to figure us out, which they did pretty easily towards the end and scored the three goals. Yes, we can talk about the penalty. I'm not gonna bother with that because it's been talked about on our preview show and other shows before. Was it was it penalty, what it was it not? But they were always gonna at least get a point out of that game. Cause we had no ability to change that game. We'd done it at, you know, the whatever thirty seventh minute when JP came on. You can't start the of them because once you do that, you give us no option off the bench. Um we didn't sub out we didn't sub yeah. out because Schlopp should have been subbed out earlier, and him going to the right side messed us up also defensively. So as much as I love the combination, I think we should definitely have it as a an option late in the match or even 60 minutes on. I don't think starting them works because, again, once you do that, he doesn't want to use, he, management team, does not want to use Raksaki. So he's not an option. Doesn't want to use an Ahamada. He's not an option. So we have no option off the bench. So if you start JP and you start Edward, then you get like a three or four goal head start, which would be nice. It's not going to help us, in my opinion, anyway.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the management there. It was uh, a bit of a shock to hear about uh, Roy being taken, taken ill or feeling, feeling unwell. Is there a difference between being taken ill and feeling unwell before the game? So, so Paddy Mack was, was in the box. And, uh, uh going back to last week's show, Ray Lewington was wearing shorts. If anybody's interested, I know we did discuss that. You didn't care less either way, did you, Patrick? Uh, I'm just wondering, but, would Roy have dealt with that differently, do you think? I um, And they said that he was in touch. I mean, I wanted to know what, what kind of moody stream Roy had, if that was the case.
2: Well, I um, dealt with it differently. It's an interesting question because, one, what well, I will say, we we're forced into the into this, into sub by bringing on um, Mateta for RU. No one wanted to see that happen in the first half, so that kind of messed up everything else. But would he have dealt with it differently? I don't know. Honestly, I mean... I don't know if he would dealt with it differently. It's not like well, it's not like he's made subs at halftime in any match this season and changed the game. He's made changes midway, second half, late, late second half, but never made one at halftime. Barely subs out Schlupp. So who has to be subbed out more and he hasn't been. So would he have done something differently? I don't know. I mean, but I'll tell you right now, I'm very unimpressed with Paddy McCarthy. The two matches that he's been in charge of are the two games that I've probably hated watching Palace play the last year or so. The Arsenal game. And it was his first game and we won't win that game. That was terrible to watch. And then that game on Saturday, at, you could tell Eze and um IU, not Ayu, s a and Schlupp were dead on their feet and he never looked to sub them out. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean you were there, you I think you were there telling stain in the WhatsApp chat about Schlopp was not running and Eze looked dog tired. He missed at least two chances to put us ahead, two one, three one and missed them. And I don't know what's going on. And again, I, I don't, I don't dislike Paddy, but I wouldn't want to see him become manager based on what I've seen so far because he's not, he's not active enough. Now, if you're telling me that Roy was telling him what to do, then that's fine. But if he was making decisions by himself, he and Lewington have to see that. They're there. They're, they can see on the pitch. Eze's tired. Schlupp's tired. Make a sub. And they waited till it was too late, and that, that really hurt us on Sunday. Sunday. Saturday. Sorry.
1: Well, that, that was the difference between the two teams in the yeah. Villa were able to bring on players that could yep. change the game and fit fast players. OK, Raksaki did come on towards the end, but it was Raksaki. Schlup should have been the one that came off. And you, you're talking about Eze. Um, everything was trying to go through him, kind of. So he's, you know, he's become over-reliant on him almost. And we need Elise and hopefully Franca to be the players that take some of the some of the weight off of that. Eza and with IU going off so early, thankfully it was only a dead leg. So, fingers crossed, he'll be back in the lineup on Saturday. So, Nick, here's my thing
2: though. Okay, I get this whole oh, Eze is by himself. We rely on, we need Eze, we need Oluse in France. They're not coming back anytime soon. They're not. So, we have to figure out something now. It's not, we can't wait till we can't wait till after the next international break and figure out, okay, what we're going to do the match team had to figure out what we're going to do i understand sadly, a little bit of aberration because i have been playing really well went off injured i get that was something they weren't expecting but we have to as a as a club or whatever the word is figure out we cannot just rely on Eze. it's not fair on him it's not going to work he can't handle the pressure It's it's been it's fine because it's a lot of pressure to handle I mean, very rarely can to play a handle that Wilf did for years. Credit to Wilf. People want to buy Wilf what they want. Wilf carried us for years. is not that kind of player. It's fine. I don't expect him to do it. But if he's not going to be him, then we have to figure something out. Now, Edward, to his credit, has been phenomenal. Credit to him. Without his goals, we'd be in much bigger trouble. Mateta, when he's been used, has been phenomenal. Credit to him. Ayu has done his job. But we're not going to start using Ahamada. Or or whoever. Even if it's Michael Mabua, I don't know. I don't know who it is. I just know in the past when we've had to use young players, it has worked. It worked with Wan Bissaka. It worked with uh, with Mitchell. Do something different. We're doing the same thing every week, expecting different results. It's not going. I get we're a very, very small squad, but at some point we have got to figure out if it's not going to be Eze and I'm not expecting to carry the team. It's not fair. Let's figure something out because it's really not going to be a good situation going forward.
1: And is there anybody from the under-23s, under-21s that you think could make that leap? I thought Ozo played very well last night. Um, he seemed to have beefed up a bit from, from the last time I've seen him a couple of seasons ago. And um, is there anybody that could make the step up or can you not tell until until they do that? Because, you know, we've, I hate to mention Brighton, but they've got an 18-year-old scoring hat They do.
2: It's a great question. So I I spend a lot of time watching Twenty One it gives me some kind of joy because I like the way they play. It. Oh, it does! <laughs> it does. They're, they're young players. No, I know. Like, you not. know, me being you know me in the seventies, late seventies, with the team of the eighties thing. You know, I've always been a big advocate of the youth players, so I watch them a lot. So of those youth players, you talk about Ozo. The problem with Ozo. He came off an injury. He was injured for all of preseason. Um, just came back recently. I think yesterday was his first start. It was his first start for the 21s. Abue, similarly, has been injured most of the preseason, just came back the last couple of matches. Jaden Raymond's looked very good in the 21s. He looked very good. I don't know where he would play, but I would like to see him get a chance in the squad because he's a young player. Striker-wise, we don't really need him, and neither one of the strikers is necessarily ready. Um, That would be... um, Mola and Akinwale, but they're playing okay for 21. It's actually quite well. Um, So Raymond would be the one, Ozo possibly, and Obue. But Obue came here to play first-team football. He didn't come here to play 21 football. I don't know what's going on with him. Again, it might be injuries, but at some point, he was on the bench, I think, for Villa. I think he was on the bench at Villa, right?
1: He's been on the bench a right, couple of times. He hasn't, times, in, I think, right, hasn't as well. played,
2: so at some point we got to figure something out because again, we can't keep complaining about the lack of squad depth. We know what it is, right? So if you don't have squad depth, what do you do? Like you just said, if you're Brighton, you play. I mean, listen, Evan Ferguson is a outlier. I mean, he's 18 years old. He's built like a man. Yeah. He came through academies, scoring hat tricks. He's he's a great. He's a brilliant player. He's going to be worth a hundred million pounds at some point, very very soon. Probably is already. But we have to, as a club, figure out. Okay, if, if we're not getting it from likes of our current squad, where can we get it from? It has to be. Listen, the, I read. I read the program a couple of weeks ago. Steve Perry said we we wanted to provide a pathway for our youth players, right? So what's the pathway? I'm yeah. not seeing them. <laughs> I'm, I don't mind losing. That doesn't bother me. It's the the manner of it. Like if I, I don't mind losing. If it gets 45 minutes and a buoy gets 45 minutes and Adam Roder's playing left-back. You know, just as an example, I'm not saying, you know, or Jane Raymond's playing a little bit. But if you're doing the same thing over and over with the same 13 players, basically, it's like, what are we talking about here? I mean, you know, so yeah, so let's do what yeah, happens.
1: The way I see it as well is they're also going to be an unknown quantity for exactly. the opposition teams if they suddenly appear in the lineup, And they won't have, they will have sort of in the under-21s, but they won't have had that. Kind of tenacity coached out of them at such an early age. Do you get what I, I mean? I get it. It's so you know. Why don't we do it? I'm just looking at the way Fulham play with their feet. Uh, looking at their attack, they seem to come down the wings with very little going down the right. middle. And again, we can talk about lack of lack of stuff in the transfer window. Ward. Was all right again on Saturday. I think the captain's captain's role suiting him, but they've Fulham forty percent attacking down their right hand side, thirty six percent attacking down their left hand side, with barely any down the middle. So it's looking like they're trying to get crosses into the box. Although two out of their five goals have come from set pieces anyway. Does this Mitchell again seems to be getting better. Still, still capable of silly mistakes, but as is any player. Is Ward a liability now?
2: I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter because he's going to play. He's our captain, he's going to play. I mean, I thought Saturday, I thought that um, Villa targeted him. Who's that player they got from Turkey? The Italian player. i got to look it up. I thought he did a really good job against Ward on Saturday. But And I think, unfortunately for Ward, once um, they moved Schlupp to the right side, he got no protection from that side of the pitch at all. It was... Um,
1: he could barely run Schlupp. He could barely run. Has he put on lots Zaniola of was
2: the player. Zaniola was on the left side for Villa. Yeah, he did really well.
1: And then we had the the player on the right hand side um, was left on his own for ages. Their top scorer. Oh, I Matt, Matt Cash the fullback. Right. Matt Cash. He played very well, but then he he was getting the ball and was in acres of space. Hopefully, that's not going to happen. So, what would your ideal lineup be, or what do you think the lineup will be? Because there'll be de- very different things, won't they, Pat?
2: Yeah, um, the lineup's going to be um, most likely. Huh, that's very. That's a great question. I'm sure Johnson keeps his place. I would. I would take Johnson out of the lineup. Honestly, I would. I would start um, Dean Henderson. It's time. We have. Le- we have. I shouldn't say we leak. We have given up. I think I said the stat was what? It's seven goals in the last three matches, if we include the include the Plymouth game. So it's three. Two and two, yeah. Seven goals in three matches. That's a lot of goals for a goalie concede in three matches, even if it's one to cup game. Um, so I would, I would take Henderson out, he won't take him out. It'll be, it'll be Johnstone. Um, Ward, obviously, right back. Gay, he, I saw Gay in something today in some kind of silly FIFA thing today. So he, like, he's back in training, so he should be okay for Saturday. So he would be him and him and, um, Anderson, by the way, shout out to Chris Richards, by the way played really well on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I mean, unfortunate the the penalty, which I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get into because I wanna get myself upset. But um, I thought he played really well. that's very unfortunate, but I thought he played really well. Communication's not there with him and Anderson, it's not supposed to be, they haven't played together that much, but I thought he played really well. Um Mitchell play left back. Midfield will be interesting. If Lerma's back, I put Lerma back in. I don't
1: I don't think he will be.
2: Hughes. See I don't have a problem with Hughes. Hughes is just too slow for me. Lerma's much more <laughs> mobile and that's what I like about him and Dukory. T- T- they're much they're much more mobile on the pitch but if it's Hughes and it's Hughes, the and Eze, and then I'm guessing Schlapp, Ayu, Edward, But if Ayu's, I Ayu I was back in, tra- it was back in training today too, so apparently he'll be back. So again, much of, much of, much of a muchness, basically the same, basically same lineup we've seen. I guess you're we saying Hughes are going to play, then Hughes over Lerma, which has been the same lineup I think for every game except for the last game. So
1: yeah, yeah, and the Richard thing just highlights. It's great that we've got got a. A centre back who can readily replace another centre back and be of that kind of quality. It's just we haven't got it everywhere on the pitch, but maybe we have in the under 21s. It's just it's not being shown. No, that's a good point. It's who good knows? Point. But yeah, good we, point. we've got to sort out our transfer windows. So you, you're going for pretty much the same lineup, yeah. but with Gay instead of and, Richards. And, and uh, yeah, Hughes instead of
2: Lerma. You said Lerma's injured.
1: Yeah. And Hughes is. Inst- yeah, no, I'm talking about yeah, Villa. Villa, uh, that yeah, started yeah, against Villa. Yeah. Villa. Uh, yeah, hopefully Lerma will be back in a couple of weeks. We shall see uh, just what I've seen today. That's the problem with recording this podcast so early in the week that we don't get the latest injury news. But we've got to tie that in with if we, we recorded it later in the week, you'd only have a morning to listen to it before it becomes out of date, like me and Patrick have. Um, <laughs> sorry, so, have you got any... Oh, I haven't talked about the ref. No. No, just move, got to mention no, just move the on
2: then. Thank you for forgetting. Appreciate it.
1: Paul Tierney.
2: Oh, God almighty. Yeah,
1: he's, next. God. He's he's refed 160 Premier League ah. games, and there have been uh, 17 reds. Only 17? Um, oh, okay. 17 reds. Let's try and find these figures. Um... For it uh, of all time, how is how is ref for Palace? Now he's ref thirteen Palace games, and we're one of the only teams that hasn't seen a red card until Saturday. Thank you, Nick. Until Saturday, Um, and just flick over to this in the games. Well, this is good in the thirteen games. I've, I've I've can't work out my percent, my uh, actual number of games this quickly, but forty six percent of the games we've won, with him refing.
2: After um, out, out of out of, out of thirteen, game. you said. Oh, yeah, seven.
1: so that's got to be yeah. six. Yep. Uh, we've lost twenty three percent of them and drawn thirty percent of them. Fulham have only won fifteen percent in the thirteen games that he's reffed wow. for them. <laughs> So that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, uh, luckily, Darren England isn't in the VAR. Did you see the Burnley handball the other day when they were playing? Who was a Burnley play Nottingham Forest. Again, another ridiculous thing from Darren England while he was in the VAR room. I spit on his name. <laughs> so we'll, get, we'll, we'll finish off with some predictions. And before I come to your score prediction, Patrick, um, we've got some predictions over on the TikTok. Um, Mark reckons 3-1 Palace. Now, Mark has got a QPR badge. That's interesting. Uh, Chris Halford said 2-1 to the mighty Palace. Uh, Summer Curson says Eze is going to give us a 1-0 win. Uh, CPFC, I don't think that's the actual club, said 2-0. Uh, Zach has said 2-0 to Palace. Um, I know Mark drew over on the Facebook, if I remember rightly, just just get this up now, um, said that he thought it would be 1-1. Liam Talbot says 3-0 Palace. And Keith Madge Diamond says 3-1. Come on, you Palace. We love you. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Palace. What do you think? 0-0. Oh, thanks. I'm going to have a lovely <laughs> afternoon <laughs> watching that dirge. <laughs> 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 Thank but look, you'll be feeling a lot brighter next yeah, week, well, Patrick, no. I hope. Oh, oh! I've got to start calling you Marvin the Paranoid Android. But look, we've been going for 40 minutes, which is longer than usual, because we try and keep these uh, preview shows as quickly as, pos- quick- go as quickly as possible. Don't forget you can catch Chris, Cara and Mike over on the match report podcast which this week was recorded on monday that's still available on spotify and all your good podcast things uh, dr has been producing even more youtube videos i didn't actually see the post-match show on saturday i'm sure there was some insightful comments there and i saw a clip of tim who was taking lots of positives out of the game which is good uh, we are on TikTok, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter X, just look for Back of the Nest, look for content, interact with us on those uh, platforms as well. Um, but for this week,
0: up the bloody palace. Thank you, Patrick. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go.